Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Duncan Mackay. Hello. And Joel Sked. Hello. Joel has uh, graciously stepped in at the last minute after uh, Craig Telfer, the flaky fuck that he is, <laughs> called off sick. So um, so thank you, Joel, for that. I, f- I feel I had making up to do after pulling out on Sunday, after it was a good on Saturday that I'd be on on the Monday show. Yes, you have. You've redeemed yourself quite quickly. Yes, that's, that's good. It's, it normally takes me a lot more time to redeem myself or I don't redeem myself at all <laughs> usually the latter so, well, can you usually safely say that Craig G. Telfer will not know what the, the body he's just received no, he's, no, he's admitted he does not listen to podcasts no, that he is not on no, he never listens to it yeah. never listens to it and every time he's on a Patreon he always asks us for the Patreon details <laughs> every time just you don't have to sign up just fucking keep the details in your phone or something a <laughs> oh, stiff body and he's received this is good Right, let's get into it. I thought you were actually quite um, light on Should I go harder? Same I mean, I think the, moment, the moment's passed. The moment's now, passed. But, yeah. Scotland. World beaters, eh? No. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just reading our press. So Not one it. bit. It was Albania and fucking Israel. <laughs> yeah, um, I was actually going to go with the kind of positives of the games first, but let's, let, let, let's just go with that. Should the the latest result change any sort of opinion about, or the last two results change any sort of opinion about McLeish and the management team in general? Peter Grant and James McFadden are still in the management team, so <laughs> no. Uh, no, I, I don't have 
confidence in this in this management team. I don't think they were. For example, looking at it, the so we got Finland. If all things play out, then it'll be Finland in the playoff semi final, and then either Serbia or Norway. That'll likely change just the way that the the whole systems mm-hmm, being yeah. developed the Euro twenty twenty qualifiers. But you look at Norway and Serbia. I don't think th- th- these are countries that Scotland should and can beat, but I don't think they would be. The against against Israel. Israel are all right. Scotland are all right, but they should probably be better than all right. Against Israel, I just thought there were still weaknesses there. There was a lot to be positive about. Don't don't get me wrong, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to uh, a lot of those positives. But in terms of organisation, the, the people said about the four two three one, and yeah, it probably does suit the, suit the players be- better, especially with Fraser and Forrest who are in form, uh, in form and they are, are confident. You see what they can bring to the team and how dangerous they can be, and how difficult they can make it for the opposition. The midfield balance is still something I worry about, and I'm not sure the I'm not I'm not sure the personnel is there, but I'm not sure McLeish is the right person to sort it. The again, this this is something that's easily sorted. I don't play Callum Parson right back, but there's been a, there was a lot of space. Israel got a lot of space between the lines. It's, it's still quite strange as well that Parson was the only right back in the squad, and he's not been a right back for oh, nearly back. two years. Mm-hmm. I think yeah I think uh, international football you're looking to have a manager who can make you greater than the sum of your parts and I think this current squad he's kind of cottoned on to a system but I'm not it kind of doesn't feel like it was deliberate if you know what I mean like his, his hand was slightly forced he said, but he said that of the team that played against I think so but also like, the, played, the team that played sorry oh yeah, but also the thing with McLeish is that the difficulty is I just don't Believe a, not believe a single word he says, but I just he doesn't lose confidence. He doesn't lose confidence. I think what I mean is I feel like he's stumbled into into the job, and I think he's stumbled into this team selection and this formation. How we're going to play? I, I, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't inspire me with confidence. The, the main thing is he's not the most he's, he's not the biggest bumbling idiot at, his, at the Scottish FA. That's that goes down to Alan McRae, and no matter who's in that position, it's always going to be Alan McRae. <laughs> going back to McLeish after the Albania game, he said that. He said that that was the exact team he was going to play except for two players, which is not an exact team. Which which had alarm bells ring for me because it was uh, so Patterson. So I'm, I'm guessing it was Patterson yeah. and Bates probably. Patterson and Bates, but Christie as well. I thought nah. probably me more McGinn than McGinn than Christie. You can make an argument for Christie because how well he's been playing yeah. Celtic, but I didn't I didn't think he would be uh, he'd be the, the automatic star. That's a that's a, a fair. No, I, I think that there's a, there's enough considering Christie's recent form and the fact that he worked he would work so well with McGregor and Armstrong because he's a Celtic player and obviously Armstrong only left this summer. That I'm I'm willing to give McLeish the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, if there was maybe other players in the squad like that were missing the need said that I would say no I don't believe you but I think I think that's fair enough but I still think that, that team's better than. And what they showed. Obviously, we'll get we'll get to the positives, and then, the, like you say, there was some. But the first twenty minutes were really poor. Um, it looked Israel looked dangerous every time they went forward with the ball. Uh, I think we were quite fortunate in the game as well that Israel didn't seem to realise that their plan to victimise Callum Patterson in the first twenty minutes 
could have worked for the entire game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of went away from it, and I'm not entirely sure why. Mc- McLeish talked about, after the game, he mentioned that they wanted to get the full-backs pushed higher up against against the wing-backs, both full-backs. And I'm, I'm thinking he's saying both full-backs, just to spare, um, kind of, spare kind of criticising Patterson on his own, because I don't mm-hmm. think there was a problem with Robertson. Uh, <laughs> so he, he said he kind of moved to midfield, so there was... Um, it was a bit more, bit more protection. I, I watched it. I watched the game on on Tuesday night while watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, that's how great I was about the game. So then, reading some of the aftermath, uh, it got me thinking. I'm not sure I've seen the. Uh, so listen, McLeish, and reading some of the takes, I was like, I think I might have watched a different match. So I rewatched it on Wednesday and again. Uh, well, rewatched bits of it on Wednesday and today. No, that was the exact same uh, match I watched. I couldn't see the I couldn't see the change that McLeish made to um, to protect Patterson more. I just I just think that it was it was one of those where Scotland grew confidence on the ball rather yeah. than anything that that they changed shape wise to, to to stop Israel. It was more what they did uh, what they did themselves. Patterson, it's like he's forgotten how to play, uh, forgotten how to play right back. His body position on one on ones was uh, was atrocious. His I forgot this was something that I it did annoy me when he was at Hearts, but I completely forgot about it. When someone goes past him, he doesn't he doesn't sprint back. He just jogs. He just jogs. It's like there's there's people uh, bombing on past him. Like Callum McGregor made up about fifteen yards on him. Not just his body position, his actual position as well. On some oh, of the yeah. Israel counter-attacks, he was so central, it was ridiculous. And David Bates kept having to go out to like the right-back position to go and make a tackle or make a challenge to somebody where he should have been. And it happened so many times in, in that opening period. And then the last... I mean, the Israel goal comes out of nothing. I'm not going to hammer McLeish too much for that because people could say he, may, he maybe could have made the subs a wee bit quicker, but it, it still looked fairly comfortable, Scotland, and it didn't really look like Israel were going to get back into but, it. I thought bringing on Shinny was fine, but it was the... Then after that, I think Scotland were shaken a little bit by it. You could see that their confidence dropped a bit. The team dropped back to defend a bit more, but then they started to get a bit of a handle on it. Fletcher was doing brilliantly at that stage of the game. He was in that... That kind of like 10 minute period He was Scotland's best player By a mile mm-hmm. So then he takes him off So right oh yeah, Which is fair enough Because I think he probably was knackered Well maybe he was knackered But he wasn't showing signs of being no, knackered no. He was still doing his job very very well And he's he's. I know he's older now But he's yeah, a long And he's still an out ball like Yes And uh, I'm sure he can last 90 minutes yeah. So he does that and I'm thinking, right, it's maybe not the worst thing. I'll put Phillips up there. Phillips is another one who can, not to this, anywhere near the same extent as Fletcher, but he can kind of occupy defenders, like, keep them busy, take the ball for a run into corners, whatever. Uh, and then almost immediately, Israel have that great chance. And I noticed on the replay that playing everybody onside was Matt Phillips. Yeah. He was at right yeah. midfield. So what? Why is he at right midfield? And James Forrest is up front. Like, I know he scored three goals, but he's not a forward. It's, being a forward has been more than scoring goals James Forrest clearly had no idea how to fucking play there in that six minute spell or whatever it was he was standing up I don't front. know he, he, Forrest has played centrally for for Celtic and you can see uh, we're going to, I want to go on and speak to, uh, about Forrest in uh, more depth that he is a better player now playing in uh, central areas but yeah that lone striker role is, is not for him no, especially no. when you've got uh, Matt Phillips who is, who's bigger who's played there before uh, it's, it's sort of, it just feeds back into the organisation he talked about the uh, the, the second goal I thought both goals were really poor defensively just because if they had time they had time and space at the edge of the box to shoot, mm-hmm. to shoot. Uh, McLeish came out afterwards and said that 
you don't see that um, you don't see that many long long range goals going in these days. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is the Scotland manager saying you don't see many long range goals these days. Hibs, 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 yeah. have a, Hibs have a player who scored eight this season. It's, it was, it's baffling, but it feeds the, the two goals. Partly feeds into my concerns about the midfield triangle. McGregor, Armstrong, and Christie. I thought I really enjoyed watching them going forward. When going forward, they're great just because they've got that mixture of kind of creativity, poise, uh, energy as well. The problem is with McGregor; he can play that role really well at Celtic because they've got the, the, a lot of possession. However, it's against Scotland. You're going to come up against probably better teams, especially where, where Scotland want to get to. And I'm not sure there's that. Um, he has that capability to play there as a kind of defensive midfielder. I think we just have to keep playing him though, because I don't. No, I, I, yeah, I don't uh, like anybody else. The, the, yeah, that, that's the thing. That's that's what we're saying. Where that where I feel sorry from Cleish is that yeah. there's the personnel there that I don't think uh, that, that can sort that out. Mm-hmm. Right, let's get to the positives now. I wanted to start with this, but oh fuck it, why not? We're usually well, posi- stay on brand. We're usually <laughs> positive about Scottish football, so let's. Uh, everybody else is going well over the top. <laughs> So let's let's stick to our uh, typical contrary position. Before can we get to that actually? Can I just say one thing? Or oh, the coverage of the Nations League as uh, some sort of like unknown competition, Vo- voodoo competition, yeah, voodoo competition that is that oh no one was really up for this and stuff like. That. I think fans were. I think fans kind of got it. Mm, some. I, I, dis- okay, I disagree to an extent because Hamden was half full and I don't think Hamden would have been half full if it was the final game of a group stage qualifier and we just had to win to get into the playoffs. Uh, I think maybe, Hamden would have been full. Maybe. I don't know. I think I think midweek in November is always going to be a hard one to sell. Uh, but from my like, it, the people that have been paneling their ignorance throughout the whole time have been the people who are paid professionally to talk about and, and write about Scottish football. Was That's this? been really disappointing, I think, for myself. Oh, well, what happens next? It's like, well, everyone can look up what's going to happen next. Like, it's not that, it's not a form of voodoo. It's just annoying, again. I, f- I thought it was quite a s- simple tournament, um, yeah. No, I still don't understand it. <laughs> when, when, your just... league, when your league get promoted... Finish bottom, you get relegated. I know, I understand that, but uh, but it's, it's kind of more. I didn't realise until the last week that the playoff was one against one team and one against another team. I yeah. thought it was just going to be a two-legged. No, no. So and then so Scotland got home advantage, and yeah. I don't. For being good. I still don't quite get the impact it has on the seedings for the European Championship qualifiers. No, the the. What do you mean the seedings? Does it not impact the where teams are? So it impacts a uh, impacts a pot because the four the four group the, the the four winners of the the top league, as in England, off the top of my head, England, Portugal, Switzerland, Netherlands, they have to go in their own pot because they have to be in a five team group uh, in the Euro twenty twenty qualifiers, right? So, so they can fit in the, the finals uh, to see who wins the Nations League. The, Is there anything extra for winning the Nations League? A trophy. I've it's, it's played in Portugal. Right. So, uh, so, so no, <laughs> so it's, competi- no. it's competitive matches, and then it's to, 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 then the latter stages of the competition is non-competitive matches. I mean, it's, it's, you're winning, you're winning the trophy, so it's basically Kering Cup or a tournoi. So I, get, I, get, I, get, I think I think my point stands. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the one uh, before we got the positives, the one <laughs> um, the one aspect I'm confused about is that, for example, if this is this is quite confusing, uh, so bear with me that if all 
like the teams in the top two top two leagues, they all qualify for the Euros. Mm-hmm. So then they don't have to go through the the playoff bit, and then mm-hmm. or maybe say fourteen teams, and who goes up from the League Three, League C to compete to get that playoff spot, and then the. F- the, the whole thing will then If that's the tiebreaker The whole thing will be decided by all, Sack races on alternate Sundays I'll get that I think that's from Basketball That was a really stupid film Fun though Anyway Yeah positive, so let's, positive. Let's, let's James it. Forrest Oh hi word By the way This is another overreaction Talking about this Everybody like Oh James Forrest should be the first name Down in the Scotland sheet The fact that he was left out For X, Y and Z Is absolutely ridiculous And Strachan didn't you know, blah, 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 blah. McLeish so hasn't been playing him, and it's, this is like this past week is revisionism. It's revisionist history. This past week is undoubtedly the fucking absolute best James Forrest has ever appeared in the Scotland shirt by an absolute mile. It's not like he's had four caps and he's been. You know, it's yeah. like he's a player that's been left. He's like he's he's racked up a fair it's amount of caps, twenty six, and largely has been ineffective. Not 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 on his own because he's been playing for Scotland. So amongst a team of ineffectives, but I would I would like to say that I uh, of this parish I think I've been the most positive about James Forrest over the years. I know some. some I've been quite positive about yeah, him at times. At times, uh, I always say he's a useful weapon to have, even if he's final. Even back when he's final ball days, I said I used to say that. He terrifies defenders, and that can, if you terrify a fullback, that can kind of weaken the structure of an entire defence because then the centre half has to look after the fullback and then he gets space through the The only problem is that when he gets into areas where he terrifies the fullbacks, he too gets terrified of what to do next. Yeah, well, he's he's much better now, but years ago the fullback shouldn't have been terrified, just (laughs) let him go because he wasn't going to cross it to anybody. So I I push for him, if it was Scotland playing wing backs, I push for him to be the wing back because he's kind of played that. Yeah. um, And he's very good defensively. He's, yeah. not, he's not big Which I think is the only reason You maybe wouldn't play him At wing back Because he can't really Mark the back post And if you're Scotland as opposed to Celtic You're probably going to have to do that A bit more But otherwise yeah He's a very good one on one defender the, the only thing I would say Is that people now Are like Right It has to be Forrest and Fraser That's not correct cause if, if, That's correct If Scotland if play next week But The next game's March A lot can happen Between, yeah. between now and March However Ryan Fraser will probably injured as well. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's got that kind of curse. James Forrest, I um, I think the first season under Rogers, he was still guilty of kind of running the straight lines. I think that's that's what he was like under under Lennon when he first broke through. He was really quick and he would take like, a, take a defender, but then he get into that position and he's cross. He would do the same cross all the time. He wouldn't look up. He would kind of just try and like drill it or so you do two different crosses, drill it or stand up without looking, and it was. It was a lot more, it was like, kind of hit and miss. But now, the last 18 months, I think he's developed massively as a winger. You've seen the positions he's took up to score. He wasn't doing that before, before Rodgers. He's playing, he's getting into scoring positions, but he's also getting into positions between the lines and between the centre-back and full-backs, which... Um, so it's, Cause panic. Cause panic, yeah. Like, like Fowler says, like, you'll go into positions where you'll terrify defences and move them around, whereas... Kind of before he would terrify defences with his pace because he was just staying at wide and running, running in straight lines. He's been de- he's been decisive when it matters. Again, that's a massive improvement. He's some of his finishes were were incredible. I don't know if he just got in a sort of frame of mind and uh, but his, his composure. His One touch, touch bang. Yeah, 
I, I, I was massively, massively impressed with him, and the way he was just he was drifting in his body position when he's taking on players as well, his body shape, kind of dipping in and dipping out of uh, defenders is has improved also. Duncan, I can't really add to that. Okay. No, it was really good. It was really good. Thanks uh, to. See someone scoring a hat trick. We've already kind of spoken about this, but Stephen Fletcher, um, he's mm. silenced some critics. <laughs> mm. This is that. This is this is the main reason I went back and watched it because uh, Craig Anderson. I saw his ratings, and uh, I, I, I gave Fletcher a nine. I thought yeah. it was wild. So that's why that's why I asked him. On it's, it's not like I'm. Just talking behind his, uh, behind his back and talking in his ears, but I've also asked him on uh, <laughs> coming in his ears. <laughs> uh, I've also asked him what, what um, on the on the chat. It's like why his first half was honking. Other than that's header, which was superb. I think, uh, he I was think Craig does make a point that he still occupied the two defenders. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. I don't think he played well in the first half at all. His touch wasn't there whatsoever. It kept bouncing back off him. I think he passed the ball out, uh, out the pitch twice. Got nine. <laughs> so it's a uh, recency bias because his second half was so good. Yeah, I think second half wasn't amazing. It was it was good. He again he, he did really well. I was really impressed with him running in in behind and again hold, holding the ball up. I think he's always done the kind of flick on mm. really well. The yeah, header yeah. flick on or bring it down in his chest. But I've never really had him as someone who. Will run the channels or run him behind. Uh, he held up really well, which impressed impressive. However, if that was Naismith or Griffith, Griffiths who did that second half, you'd give him maybe a seven. Like you expect that of them. I wouldn't expect it of Griffiths. Not that type of play. <laughs> to play to run the channels. He's, he's, he's done that. He's done that for Celtic. And then people <laughs> are saying like he held the ball up a lot as well. Fletcher. He done the kind of things I wouldn't expect Griffiths to be doing. I don't know. I think Griffiths gets a lot of. Uh, a lot of stick for his for he, his supposed inability. He got to, better at it, but the last year it's completely disappeared at his game again. If he if he gets if he gets back to fitness in place, even semi regularly for Celtic, he should be starting up front because people are talking about Fletcher. You've got players up to support him. Nope, not in, not in his form. If he's playing every week for Celtic and he's still could have shown the form that he has over the last year, form, I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't right, play him. But I think so. If he's played to half decent level, if he's back to what Lee Griffiths was before, then yeah, we'd you have to play him because. Like people make it as if um, Griffiths is just this one, like a flat track bully. He's got one one trick, but he's not. He's, you see how he's developed at Celtic, and he's played the S four two three one. He's played that so often for Celtic, behind uh, in front of players like like, George, like Forrest. I know, I know what you're like saying. Cause I have uh, previously on this podcast, I praised him for his improvement in that side of his game, but yeah, that has regressed. Seen him playing Europe for Celtic. Oh, um, dreadful. To be fair, like a few weeks ago, I, um, I'm sure I made a flipping comment that Griffiths was finished. <laughs> <laughs> Start with the game! <laughs> no, Fletcher, Fletcher was good. Six out of ten, seven out of ten. <laughs> Duncan, you got something nice up to say about Fletcher? I know, I was quite, I was impressed. I think Fletcher's... It's all, I don't know what... Like, Wait a reek of positivity. I know, I know. I, it doesn't sit comfortably for me to be massively positive about the national team. I think Fletcher, Fletcher's never been as bad or as good as people have said. You know, it was that thing when he, when he wasn't playing under Levine. Yeah, and he, he was this world beater. He, he, he was a saviour that wasn't getting yeah, the game because and, of Levine. Uh, yeah, and then he gets the, the, the. He was part of that Sunderland. Uh, I don't know what you call it, like a, just a, a black hole sort of thing. And the, just a total mess. And he's been a black hat's filling a black yeah, hole? Yeah. 
Oh, that's why you work in newspapers. Um, <laughs> that's why I earn the mediocre, mediocre bucks. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the thing about Fletcher was that I think there was people had such low expectation of yeah, coming into yeah. this, this double header. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's. I don't, I'm not sure. Well, I suppose that there's an element of ignorance because I don't think many people in Scotland watched the championship as well, and that's there's an element of just well, we don't know really what he's doing and. And, and Sheffield Wednesday seems like a non-glamorous club. I know that sounds bad, yeah, but, but yeah. Um, it's like, to, just to go back to what Joel was saying there, it's like when you go to see a film and you think, oh, it's going to be rubbish, and it's yeah. actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, but but the other times you go, oh, it's going to be good, and you're like, eh. I mean, eh. For the first time, I expect good? Game Night. Game Night with... Um, it's supposed to be Bateman. Decent, yeah. Yeah, I went there, I was like, oh, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be pish. But Rachel McAdams was in it, so I went and seen it. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Watched it a second time. That's probably why I really liked Outlocking, because I thought this is probably going to be crap. And the reviews weren't that great. And I was like, yeah. I went into yeah. it thinking this was going to be somewhat fair. People from like, my high school were like, rating it like 10 out of 10. I'm like, I'm not listening to what you think about movies. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's wild. I would give it six. Like, it's like, you know, like Scotland. And I was like, oh, this is going to be crap. But I actually really enjoyed it, so. There you go. Uh, That's the movie movie review for you. Uh, cheers, be- cheers, Barry Norman. Before we move on, I do... Barry Norman? <laughs> Alright, Dad. <laughs> Before we do move on, as I feel, I have been probably a bit too negative uh, so far. Uh, Bates. Uh, but McKenna, I thought we just had, had, had a very McKenna game, but Bates basically played two positions, as we mentioned earlier on about Patterson. Basically better, better than Grant Hanley has ever in his Scotland career. Yeah. It was so impressive the fact he had to cover so much. He was he was dominant, he was assured. There was only one moment where... He did he, have, he did he, have a, a he, David Bates moment. Robertson passed him a ball and it wasn't a great ball. He, ideally, you just want your centre-back to open his body there and play out to the full-back. But I think when the full-back was Patterson, then you can understand <laughs> why he took a touch. Uh, so yeah, I think, again, it's, that's more... I wouldn't start him as going forward. But there's, uh, but there's, there's promise there, isn't yeah. there? Like, it's, it's not, like, I think that's where you want to be, is you want to be at a place where we have depth and, uh, and, and they're not too worried. I think that's... Yeah. There was one, uh, one other positive thing in this. It was just a small moment, but I think this... Oh, fuck it, I'll go over the top. I think this changed the game in Scotland's favour, which is when we were struggling early on and Stuart Armstrong took the ball from like, past near it. the halfway line and like blazed uh, like I say blazed past about three of them and then all of a sudden that got the, the crowd up yeah. that got confidence back in the players and I was like that's why he starts Stuart Armstrong yeah yeah, yeah definitely I, I completely agree that's that's one where I rewind I'm uh, sorry rewound it to watch again just because just loved it it's like this Stuart Armstrong that we've seen uh, play off the left hand side with Dundee United and that acceleration he brought to Celtic what Celtic have certainly missed mm-hmm. since, since he's left the, uh, I, I really did like a lot of going forward the energy in that team so yeah. for example Fraser and Christie I didn't think they were Christie's pass for the goal like, yeah, yeah I didn't, I didn't think they were fantastic but they came up with moments like they got you excited they did oh, they yes. did that's thing even though even these are two players that even if they're having an off day because they're buzzing about so much trying to be positive that you think oh they're, they're having a good they're having a good game they could do something the the, the, the second goal I just I thought it was probably my favourite Scotland goal over the, the, the two games, just because it was kind of route one-ish, but it was it was there was ni- there was nice to it. Like Fletcher, the way he won it, the way Christie not only read what was happening, but also his desire to get onto to get onto the to get onto the pat uh, so they flick on and then find uh, find Forrest. Right, let's move on um, to the Sky Sports 
to the to the Sky Sports. That's a good introduction. Um, Scottish football has a, has many new TV deals uh, actually. Uh, four in total. Five. Five. BBC Sky, two Premier Sports, and Alba. And Alba, yeah. Although you could say BBC Alba is yeah. BBC, but. Ah, but they've kind of advertised as two different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've got like separate budgets and stuff. Uh, so. they do, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so basically, Sky Sports have taken over exclusive rights from Scottish football, which will begin in 2020. It will run for five seasons. Don't know the exact figures yet. It is being reported as around about. So you've seen different things. The Daily Record think it's around about thirty million. BBC think it's around about twenty-six million, and there's thirty odd million per year as part of the overall package of all the things we've sold. So Stephen, so Stephen McGowan said one hundred thirty-six. Stephen McGowan for the Daily Mail said Sky Sports have agreed to pay one hundred sixty million over five years. Yeah, so he, so that's forty-eight games a season. So the Mail and the Record have it is Sky paying that. Uh, the BBC have it is that one hundred sixty million is everything. Well, they would say that because that they're involved in that, but. So be is in their income. Say that they're in, they would they would want to pick up their role. I know, but then but they can just infl- actually infl- say inflate the much. figures. But actually, yeah. Chris McLaughlin said in an article that Sky One was believed to be about twenty six. Right. So, um, so I, I, I would I would go because he seems pretty close to people involved in the decision making process. Okay, right. Um, so yeah, Sky have it for whatever figure. Um, Premier Sports will take over the Betfred Cup from BBC, B, BBC, BT Sport in 2020 for five years. Uh, BBC of... And Premier Sport um, have the Scottish Cup. Of, uh, yeah, that, that already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, BBC have kind of renewed their pilots packages and their radio coverage, uh, I think, five years as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then highlights until 2025 so yeah it runs with and they've got so I've got it here BBC, BBC they're also, they're also going to live coverage of 20 SPFL championship games in the next two seasons yeah yeah that was already part of the that, that was already a deal that already yeah, yeah. right um, and Alba will continue to show uh, games on a Saturday night and they will also show live games show from, live games from the playoff finals and I think that's about it so what do we think of it all uh, in a way, I'm delighted because it means I can patch BT because uh, that's one thing. I, one thing I pay for, and I keep meaning to phone them up and try and get a better deal. But thirty five quid a month, fuck. I've got BT and I don't have Sky, so this is not good for me. I'm gonna have to, and I really like BT's uh, Infinity Broadband. It's great. I never have any broadband problems at all. It's fast as fuck. So it means you're going to have to. Um Either, either, either keep that and pay through the nose for BT broadband and Sky or hope that Sky's broadband is better than the next couple of years or leech off my uh, my, Sky, my Sky Sports ID <laughs> that's what I do now I was saying continue to leech off <laughs> there, there has to be a bit of realism to the, the, some, the, some of the following no 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 Joel no, I, know, I know we're talking about Scottish football so realism doesn't come into it but uh, so sorry I was leaning a bit too close some of the some of the takes were uh, again wild jazz yeah. it was it was one of those where you you just kind of sit back and, and laugh at that what what people are tweeting how well, angry or how people are getting angry I mean people were pissing and moaning last week about there being too many providers out there so this week in turn, one of the providers goes, "Oh no, not not that provider. The provider I really like." It's like at BT, BT Sport. People who work there are valued at massively. You can, yeah. you can tell that in the way they did. People above them certainly did not, because I think they they offered less than the current less than the current one. Yeah, so they owe them the current twenty one million pound a year deal. 
I mean, that's it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they revived Jock Steen and had him as part of their coverage and uh, like all oh, whistles and bells. It doesn't matter. The money was really the money is really important to, uh, to Scottish clubs. They can't. They can't go. Oh, the, the coverage is really nice. I like uh, Chris Sutton and Stephen Craig and uh, tackling each other before the BT uh, BT program starts. Yeah, let's not let's, work. Let's have that before money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing BT Sport have done has shown they've shown over the last few years, and they'll continue to do so over the next eighteen months. What Sky need to do? Yeah. What level Sky need yeah. to reach up? Because yeah. and it's easy enough for Sky to just go. Yeah, oh, they all really like that. Let's bring in all the people. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Sky's coverage of the the Premier League in England is better than BT's coverage of the Premier League in England. I yeah. would say, like, yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah. so it's not like it's not it's not a case that they don't they're not capable of showing football how it should be done. If you know what I mean, but so it's just it's just a case of where there's a will, there's a way. There's an and issue is that within um, within uh, Scottish football. Um, maybe I would say outside the tennis podcast that they've got people who um, actually I'm not going to go down that road because I'm going to say something absolutely wild and it's, that would have been worse than anything that you've seen on Twitter in the last few weeks <laughs> looking forward to off air you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean Sky Sports when you look at the offer they've they've increased what's what Scotland are getting yeah. in a time where the broadcast rights across the board are in a state of flux. The you always have to remember how much they're paying per game. I think they're, they're paying more per game for Scottish football than they are for the English football league rights. Yeah. And this was another thing that get, gets bandied about. Oh, but the Norway deal is worth yeah. so many. That's because they show all the games. Every yeah. single game yeah. is on uh, TV. Yeah, and that's and that's there was two th- there was two things that really fucked me off throughout this entire thing. If I actually blanked on one of them, I'm desperately trying to remember it. But the other one was. People moaning that we lost twelve games. Yeah, it's mental. It's absolutely mental. It's like, like the same people that complain about kickoff times. Yes, good. Yes. <laughs> Go to the fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. That's, what, that's so weird. what we always say. We, like we should do more for fans, and we should encourage fans to go to games. And you shouldn't sell it to TV companies. And it's like, oh, well, we've, we've negotiated, so now we've, instead of sixty games a season, it's forty-eight. Right. Oh, that's ridiculous. What? Why not want to televise every game? Oh, because literally just complained about that. So we've got a deal where we've got more money for less fixtures. That seems to me like a good scenario. It seems, it seems and I, I know this is—it's not like we're shilling for for Sky Sports or shilling for the SPL, SPFL on this. Like, but an element of realism needs to come into this. Part of the issue is that we need to. There was not a serious discussion had about what they actually wanted from this, and I think it was clear they wanted. They wanted money, but at the same time, Scottish football is different to most other leagues in the world, where the main co- co- uh, main income from most clubs is still the gates. Mm-hmm. So, they don't, so this idea that oh, we could say, oh, if if they put on the table every single game can be televised, then you de- there would be an impact on gates. There's no doubt. But you've seen that, and you've seen that already with the championship this season. Uh, the midweek games are now all televised. Like yeah, you yeah. press on the red button, and that's had a huge impact on attendances already. So at a rate that probably doesn't make up the amount of extra money they've got from it, it probably will from twenty twenty when the, or twenty or next year when their new deal kicks in. But so the, the SPFL were probably in a really difficult position of having of, of all these things that they need to take into account. And I think they've done okay. Like we we just don't know in a, in a secondary market like Scotland, which it, which it is, we're not we're not the Bundesliga, we're not the, the EPL. I think we did okay. Like we, you can talk about, oh, we didn't go to Facebook or the, like you had those discussions by by all counts. But at the same time, you can't force Facebook to bid on 
your rights. Yeah. You can't force that. Like you can we should, only take... we should have we should have got fifty million a season from who? Nobody that, was offering it. Yeah. Nobody's offering it. You can't demand oh, but it. They can, but they can pay uh, Alan Shearer three million a year. That's, but, like, that's nothing to do with anything. That has nothing to do with anything. If I, if I sell my house like next year and like. People are coming to look at it and say, right, I'll, I'll offer you 200000 I'm like, nah, I want 300000 No, nobody's <laughs> going to pay that. <laughs> yeah, you can only pay what the market dictates. And, and I think it's a bit disappointing from my perspective. The only thing that's, that I've seen from the deal that makes me really annoyed a little, um, we've not seen any of the details about what it means for like social media and stuff like that, which will be interesting to see because you know there's, there's leagues doing some really interesting stuff around that MLS even the Northern Irish League, you can watch goals pretty much a minute after they've gone in. So we don't we don't know the details of that. I think I'm still disappointed that they they've not uh, taken away the four limit four yeah. limit on Ibrox and Celtic Park. I think that's quite disappointing yeah, because you know, for, cause there's, there are games like the game Ibrox early in the season against Hearts. That's, 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 that's something that's, worth complaining about. Yeah. And nobody's complaining about. I know it's strange. The, the one thing I remember the other thing that fucked me off at all was that people saying like. People acting like BT Sport really, really cared about every single club. Now, the guys doing it were very knowledgeable yeah. about these teams. But I don't believe that BT themselves and the people who pick the games really wanted... If BT had gone to the sky, there's no fucking danger. It'd be like, right, the old firm are gonna, only going to be on like eight times each a season and that's it. And we'll, we'll co- put so much coverage to other teams. Because guess what? Nobody watches those games. Any old firm game is going to get you something like 80, 100,000 people watching the game. Nobody's going to be watching Dundee against Hamilton instead. Yeah. Like, and, and, and people are forgetting that BT had the second choice of fixtures. As yes. Well. So, so that was, so they, that they was why to, they like, got those games. Yeah, and, and I get that. And, and, and had they got the fucking exclusive contract, guess what? They would have shown Rangers set like away from home every single fucking week. And, and, I, I, but BT reacted, reacted well to the hand that was given them with. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they it, made the most of what they had, and I, you can say the Sky have not done that. Again, but that can be improved. Yeah, it can, through, it can be. But through whatever expectations and spec you put out in the market, that's what. what well, pay, we'll never get to see what they expect. In terms of pre-post-match coverage, it stands to reason they're paying more for it. They will put more money into yeah. the coverage because I think that has to be understood. We, we we do give Sky Sports a bit of a kick in on this and on Good. Twitter, exactly. uh, Yeah, just because they keep making mistakes, they still do, they're still doing it. They're still doing it. I'll be said that Scotland uh, Scotland yeah, be a three-two. No, people their gra- people their graphics department need to be like the team from um, Clockwork Orange when they're just like forced to watch like Scottish football logos and names and players and stuff. But it's amazing, it's incredible. So that was announced on Tuesday night, was it Monday, 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 night. Monday, Monday night? So we got we're down three days on. The, the, the amount of revisionism is absolutely incredible because you did you made the thing that the BT never made a single step wrong. Well, they were the ones that advertised last year's uh, League Cup semi-finals with the big fuck off Rangers Celtic. Again, they reacted to that well because with, with the, uh, they did again. They did a skit yeah. before the game. Oh yeah, they, they did. No, they reacted to it well, but they still yeah. made exactly the same mistakes that Sky did. Sky don't so, react to it. I react yeah, to it well. Well, yeah. And I would say, well, don't when you have a pop anyway. That's what. But uh, <laughs> the uh, but as if as if um, the, and this is what will happen that the, the BT Sport coverage is going to be beatified and can't say anything bad about them. They're still the company that puts Terry Butcher and Kevin Thompson on Co-Coms. Like it's still it's not it's not perfect. Yeah, also, also, three men in a booth doesn't work in football. No, I, I I agree with those. I think uh, thankfully Terry Butcher's uh, just I think been put. Oh, well, he was on Sportsland last night, being interviewed. So. Yeah, I skipped past that. I don't want to listen. Stevie G, you um, <sighs> you you'd imagine it's 
Sky will up their um, up the kind of staff because I think yeah. this has to be understood that uh, Sky Sports, the, the, the Scottish team, again, tiny, they're, they're yeah, tiny. tiny, they're, they're big, they're, they're a game they of massive lot, Scottish right? uh, fans. They do a lot, but they can only do so much with what's given them. I don't think they 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 put the graphics out there. They don't tell the graphics. No, no, they won't. They make a cut of that. Sorry, make a cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> we swear to this. No, no, I, I, the, the C word. I'm always quite. Just but the, yeah, is that the, 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 guy, the guys that are doing that are not the ones at Sky Sports News. Like no. Sky, Sky Sports News should be seen as. But you do hope that they'll bring better, fresher talent to the coverage. Ex- you would. Ex- it's, it's been for too long. It's been. Um, it's been plodding. It's been clunky it's been cringeworthy some of the coverage Chris Commons and Chris Boyd that SPF matters it's a good idea the interviews they do uh, I really enjoy them but when they do the like the previews or like the links oh it sends shivers down my <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't watch it it's, it's, it's more cringeworthy than uh, like David Brent or Michael Scott in the office being a TV presenter is quite hard you can't oh, just bring two no, fucking players in and throw them in especially when I'm not even fucking retired <laughs> just like go be TV presenter no it doesn't work yeah it's, it's, it's difficult but again they are the, again they're on their kind of right lines with that but it just yeah, needs it, just, it, it needs finesse yeah. Like, yeah right uh, we've only got about seven minutes left so I don't know if I've got time for both of these but we'll go with the first one uh, and then we might just leave the feature for for another time. Yes, we'll see. Yeah, we, yeah. We'll see if we get on because we had to do a deep dive on one team in the lower leagues. It's going to be Stenhouse Muir, but Craig's not here. But we're also going to do Dundee United. So I think we will do Dundee United because they've won five of the last six games. Uh, the other one being a draw, uh, and that is since Robbie Nielsen's came in. So, Robbie, is it just a case Robbie. of Robbie Nielsen being a good manager? Yeah, well, he's my better manager, Shabalazo. <laughs> The, I, I do want to do want to talk about Nielsen because uh, he's fantastic. When when he left for MK Dons, it was it was probably the right right time because there was a bit of animosity uh, at Tynecastle. There, there was just this there was just this nah, uh, this feeling there that wasn't going to improve, and uh, Hearts fans are idiots. The <laughs> I, th- I think fascist idiots. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he wanted to. I think to begin with at MK Dons he, en- he was enjoying what he was doing however, however I think budget started being cut while um, his, his it, what he had to do what wasn't being wasn't being recognised in terms of it, his budget so they were still wanting him to take them up to back up to the championship yeah, yeah. but he was having his, his budgets as he wouldn't be the first it, Scottish manager to have been lied to basically about what he, he was going to be taking on at a club didn't help London. himself with his signing policy did he yeah. no you can't go down there and s- s- sign the majority of Scottish Premier League. Yeah, it never works out does it no it doesn't Yeah, I think the only one that's did it half decently recently is Derek Adams and he's, he's taken a lot of shit down there <laughs> like Jake Jervis and I mean you know Kerry was alright there was a couple others that were just I Kerry was really good for him. Yeah. It was really good. I don't know if he still is. I, I don't possess to know anything. No, it's so I think he was. He's admitted himself. He wanted the opportunity uh, to go somewhere that he could. He's got a training ground that he could feel he could build something. Dundee United's been that place. So I think he was still. I heard this on another podcast. I think he was still being paid by MK Dons um, until he got a, until he got a new new job. Basically, so he didn't want to rush into anything. And he basically said that he contact. He was waiting on the Dundee United job. He had his eyes on it, and as soon as Laszlo was sacked, he contacted uh, Mike Martin. Mike Martin, yeah, and said, uh, "Give me the job." <laughs> he's only 38, 38 year old, and I was listening to the Football Italia podcast, and James Horncastle was talking about in Italy managers 
you don't become a true manager until you're sacked whereas we have the mentality in Scotland where if you're sacked uh, if you're sacked once then warning bells if you're sacked twice you're a very bad manager however in Italy, you're expected to fail more than once before you flip flourish. It's only really even low at lower levels as yeah, well. So, so, so you, you can go down. Be well, exactly, gonna, yeah. I was going to say in Scotland, it's only really lower levels where that's accepted. Like Dick Campbell's well, been yeah, from no, whereas in, where in Scotland you get sacked, you have to go further down to get jobs as yeah, yeah, come yeah. back up. And it, it's it's not a nice cycle in Scotland. Yeah. Whereas, for example, I looked at a few man- Italian managers: Antonio Conte's first four clubs, Arezzo, Bari, Atlanta, Siena, and then you got the Juventus job, uh, Massimo Miliano Allegri. Aglianesi, Spal, Cresetto, Sassuolo, and then he had to go to Calgary and become the best manager, one of the best managers in their history to get the AC Milan job. Maurizio Sarri, before he got the Napoli job, had 17 teams. Between uh, between 2006 and 2009, he was manager of five different teams. So it, it just shows you that the, that in, in certain cultures where you're allowed, allowed to make mistakes... We're allowed to fail. Uh, yeah, and fail and learn from it. Nielsen said he'd learn more from Enki Dons than at heart so I think he is a better manager now and would Dundee United have probably made the best appointment in Scottish football this season I wonder if the the culture in Scotland may change over time to be something more like that because if, you're, if, you're starting to see now that we're no longer kind of the fans anyway aren't no longer accepting this oh you need to give managers time you need to give them time because they don't in Italy there's a lot of changeover if yeah. somebody's crap for 10 games having just come in the board will typically just be like, "No, you're rubbish." As well, get rid of I, I think that's because the difference will be a direct football is in charge of recruitment, whereas in Scotland, the manager is still responsible for recruitment. And you see Falkirk, for example, an example of what happens when you give the, the transfer policy full scale over to the manager. But, then you've got no coming back. Yeah. Like you know, so you kind of let people who look like they're going to fail stay even longer because you're like, well, "Shut." We've we spent all our fucking money on these Jamie Vardy rejects. Like, well, no, I'm sorry, I was St. Marin. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's too wed. <laughs> like, the the, the, the transfer policy is too wed to the manager. Yeah, yeah. And Nielsen's actually spoke yeah, out. Yeah, Nielsen doesn't he, want to work. He doesn't want to buy his own players, does he? Really? He wants, he wants well, as soon as he went down to MK Dons, he was like, I really, need, I really want a director of football. Because yeah. he was having to take pick up loads of jobs that he hadn't had to do. Mm-hmm. And had, had to do at Hearts. But yeah, I think you make a very good point about Ellie. The, the, the fact that you don't get enough time uh, there, so I think they've, they've actually. I don't know what the, free, um, the Italian phrase is, um, but it translates as manager eater. That's what like a lot of the. Um, well, because you, well, you can have managers that are that are on guarding leave and come back into certain jobs. Yeah. They get back into the same job later in the season. Like Valdis so. Ivanovskis. Like like Valdis, yeah, see hearts ahead of the time. He was he was ill. Yes, <laughs> so he was. <laughs> um. Yeah, so they won in midweek. Um, that was the like I said, the fifth one, one out of six. Down as well. Yeah, they were one 0 down. Uh, fans pretty much saying definitely their worst, worst performance, performance under Nielsen, yeah. but they still won four two. That sounded very familiar. Not playing well, scoring a lot of goals. But fans not that happy with the performance. I was like, that's, that's Nielsen. That's Nielsen all over. No, that, it's, I don't think it's Nielsen all over. Because you go back to that championship no style, no bottle. You go back to that championship season. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the Premiership year, year and a half. Okay, Nielsen. That was kind of Matt, yeah. Was like, it was weird because you were thinking this isn't that great, but it was like we've, we've scored like three goals. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's true. But in terms of the, the championship season. I think he has trying to replicate what he did at Hearts in their championship season and play from the back, play interesting, nice football, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. I think With Fraser Five, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fraser Five, and he, he said that he's had when he's came in Fraser Five and um, Sam Stanton 
they were back fit. So he's he's played those two in midfield. I think the Alloa game was the only time he had to bring that Christoph Rabic mm-hmm. in. Apparently, he was poor against them um, Alloa, but those two are happy to take the ball from from the defence. And he's seen that at Hearts. They had uh, rather than five in Stanton, it was Magara Gomi Simpoavin. Yeah, it, it worked really well. I think five eight is the key. Yeah, the key the, the, the key to United. Yeah, I think most United fans say he's definitely the best player. Um, and one of the best players in the division. Yeah, yeah, I don't. He should be playing Premiership. Really. Well, he would have been if he just signed the contract with Hibs. It was offered to him instead of waiting for reasons nobody can really. He's a strange boy. Uh, he's also getting performances out of the likes of McMullen, Fraser Aird, and remember Edgin Gelly. Remember when he was good? And then he turned yeah. absolutely pish for a while. Well, fans have started saying like he's been playing well again recently. Yeah, so. I, think he's, I think he's been keeping Frederick Frongs out the team recently. Because mm-hmm. they started when Nielsen came in, I think he's preferred. So he. I'm not going to pronounce uh, the, the Benjamin Seacrest that's the, the goalkeeper and in front of him there was Stuart Murdoch a right back Rachid Bohena who had played defensive midfield under uh, in Lazo's last two games he was moved back that, to centre back again that sounds familiar <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Franz and Cal Muth hmm. but yeah Edging Gellies came in knocked him down Paul Watson as well he's, he's, he's been, played he's, centre back right back and left back at and times. he scored he's, he's popped up with four, a few four goals, goals. Yeah, four goals he scored they're at home to air next Friday. That should be a BBC Alba. Oh, that's... Ooh. Humdinger. Ooh. Mm. Make some noises. Ooh. <laughs> and we'll leave you with that. Those, uh, one last wing was, uh, I think it was Pavel Safranco. Yes, he's been very good. Yeah, I've, uh, again, because it was late before I came on, I didn't get to watch uh, highlights, but I've heard uh, very good things about him. Uh, not just, uh, I think he's chipped in with a couple of goals. Not, he doesn't seem to be a very consistent goal scorer, but fans are quite impressed with his overall play. He's good at linking with players. He works very hard, and he can play the one-man forward role. Yeah. So I think that's what's. I think they moved to a four-four-two. Well, certainly, Nicky Clark came in on uh, during the week. He kind of but played as he, a ten. Yeah, when he played against them, firm, he did drop deeper. Yeah, I think he came on that game. Yeah, so Savanko, uh, I think he's, he scored seven goals this season. Nicky Clark scored five, but they're, they're spread around. Okay, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we're about to do the Terrace Extra, which you can find on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where for as little as $2 a month, you get hours and hours of bonus content. So I hope you check that out. Duncan, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joel, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Craig Fowler saying, thank fuck club football's back. Podcast Network.